Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 60. I like it when I get to like 50, 60, 70. It's, it's like a bit of a milestone. It feels like a, a mini milestone at least. Today we are going to talk about why you shouldn't talk shit about yourself. This is, this is, this is a little thing that I have. I don't want to call it an annoyance because it doesn't annoy me. It just it makes me sad because I know how much of an impact it has. I get people following me all day, every day, right? As you would expect, I post social media content every single day. People comment on it, like it, share it. Other people then see it and go, oh, I, would, I think I would like to follow this guy. He's talking about stuff that might help me. And so they follow me. Right. And because of the industry that I work in, this, this space that I live in on social media, which is pretty much the kind of dark side of dieting, the, the horrible yo-yo diet world, I get people from all walks of life following me. Something that draws my attention is Instagram usernames. So for example, I did this once where I I, I made up a, a mocked up an Instagram bio a few a couple of years ago now and I actually ended up mocking up a real person so I I won't say the name but I said at the word fat was in it right but I just it was this kind of derogatory name um, because I was just trying it was just like a play on words so I was just trying to get my I was trying to be I was trying to exaggerate the typical Instagram profile that I see and it was like Inst- at whatever name, and then in the bio, all this stuff like uh, gin lover, wine, wino, chocoholic, junk food lover, takeaway eater, like all this. Th- I didn't put all of that in, but it was like words to that effect. Now, the I I see that all the time, all every single day. At least one person will follow me, and they you know I'll click on the bio because the names drew my attention. And I see what I expect to see. And it's basically someone just talking shit about themselves. Now, the reason this really gets to me is because I can tell just from looking at that person's bio that they have next to no chance of achieving whatever it is they're trying to achieve. So when people follow me, it's because they want to lose weight, right? At the very least, that's what they want to do. But... People have varying reasons. They want to improve their relationship with food. They want to stop yo-yo dieting. Like whatever it is, whatever it is they've seen on my profile that's had them come and follow me, we can probably say with confidence as a bare minimum, it's because they're conscious of their weight. Now, if someone is conscious of their weight and they want to lose weight or they want to learn how to live at a lower weight, how likely do you, listening to this right now, think it is that someone who thinks they are a chocoholic, junk food lover, regularly off plan, um, whatever, or gin, wino, gin lover, whatever, how likely is it that a person who thinks that those are the sort, like you think about it, right? What is your Instagram bio? What, like your Facebook profile? What is your Instagram bio and your Facebook profile? 
It is your online presence. It is how you want to present yourself to the world. You have an at username, you have a profile picture, and then you have whatever it is, 200 whatever characters to decide how you would like to summarize yourself. And when I see people who it's like at whatever, at fatty whatever, or at yeah, whatever derogatory name they've got for themselves. Their profile picture is a picture of their gin cupboard in the house. And then it's like all those things. And at the bottom, it'll be like trying to lose weight, healing my relationship with food, trying to improve myself. And it is just such a mismatch of contradictions because like, yeah, you can see that they've given one sentence at the bottom to the thing that they want to achieve or the thing that they want to do. But they've also given five lines to chocolate, to alcohol, to junk food, to whatever else. So when when things are balanced that heavily to what I mean, when I look at that, I just say, well, that person is balancing that very heavily towards staying the same. You know, they've, they've of all the things in the world that they could set. This is something I'll never understand, and I, I never have understood it when I drank alcohol or not. It's not just something that is recent since giving up alcohol last year. But I will never understand why people post profile pictures of themselves posing with a drink in their hand. Like, I get, I can get it, I can get the whole being on holiday and whatever and taking a picture with a cocktail in your hand. Like, I get that. I totally get taking the picture. What I don't get is why of all the things in the world, of all the moments in your life, of everything that you've done and achieved over the years, the thing that you want or the way that you want to present yourself to people is with a drink in your hand or a picture of your gin collection. Like, you know, for people that don't want to put a picture of themselves, of all the things in the world you could post a picture of, you know, you're sitting there scratching your head, God, what am I going to post? I know. Let's put a picture of loads of alcohol in here. That doesn't make sense to me. But it makes sense to the person. And it's it's probably reflective of some aspect of their personality. Like alcohol probably plays a big part in their life. But at the same time, they're trying to get healthier, get fitter. They're trying to improve their relationship with food. They're trying to stop yo-yo dieting and whatever other things they're trying to do. But at the same time, here's this link to something that's probably playing a huge part in keeping them stuck. Is their number one priority. Here's how I want to show myself to the world. Here's a picture of all the alcohol in my kitchen. Here's me telling you that I am a chocoholic, that I can't stop eating junk food, that I love wine and whatever else is in there. Language is everything. Like when I when I first started out as a nutritionist, I th- was very naive. I thought I had to learn a lot about food. I had to learn a lot about nutrients. I had to learn how much vitamin C is in an orange. They can all that ridiculous shit. And you know what? Being a nutritionist is not about knowing all about food. It's about knowing people and learn. You know, I think I've I've learned. Like obviously, I learned a lot through you know two years of study, but. What I've learned most from working with people, like nobody can teach you how, they can give you the basics and how to coach people, but nobody can teach you about every person. 
nobody can teach you about every personality type. Over the last six years, I've worked with over 14,000, mostly women, but many men, over 14,000 men and women from all walks of life, from all backgrounds, doing all different things. Um, and I have learned more from them than anything else. I've learned more about what people, what makes people tick, the thoughts that they think, um, the things that they do, the way that they talk. And being a nutritionist, perhaps it's different in other areas of nutrition, but being a nutritionist in the space that I work in, work in um, which is mostly with kind of long-term yo-yo dieters, it's about learning about people and understanding their habits and understanding the thoughts and the mindset that they have. And when you're trying to help someone improve their relationship with food, which is at the core of most people's issue with their weight, right? They, they think in black and white terms, things are good or bad, healthy or unhealthy. They call certain foods junk, crap and rubbish. This is not the foundation for someone who who's trying to heal their relationship with food or live at a lower weight or get fitter or healthier. You know, these are derogatory terms people use to try and control their eating. So language is everything. And if you were to talk to anyone that I've coached, they will tell you that it's something that came up regularly at their check-ins, you know. And it's not, I know it sounds, I think somebody, it was a guy who used to be in the group, I did a daily post one day where I talk. I talked about this exact thing, talked about language. And he says, you know, when I first joined, I used to think you were being pedantic. I think that's what the word he used. I used to think when I first joined and had a first check in, I thought you were being pedantic because I said junk or crap or rubbish or something. But now I've been here a while, I completely get it. And it makes perfect sense now why... I've always been like this around certain foods. Why I've always written off weekends because I had a takeaway on a Friday night or given up on a diet because I had something that I was trying not to have. Language is everything. The way that you think is everything. Because the mind goes where, sorry, the body goes where, wherever the mind goes. If someone has a poor relationship with food, it's highly likely that their body is going to follow along with that and it's going to lead to weight gain. So the way that you think and the way that you talked and the way that you talk will influence the way that you act. You cannot have a positive relationship with food when you speak about it in a negative way. You'll never have a positive relationship with your body, with yourself, if you speak about yourself in a negative way. The other thing as well is when you identify as something, you make it a part of your identity. So for example, if you think you are a chocoholic, then you will be a chocoholic. If you think you are an emotional eater, then you will be an emotional eater. If that's what you think of yourself, right? If that's what you believe yourself to be, then that is that's that's what the life that you'll play out. Oh, I'm upset today. I'm going to eat something because I am an emotional eater. Eater. It is far I'm not going to say it's easy. To change a behavior because it's not. It can be, but sometimes it's not. It's not, but it's certainly made harder when you make it a part of your identity. So what I mean by that is I am an emotional eater, right? That's a statement of who you are, what you are. That's an a, a statement of identity. 
I am this. Versus, I am someone who uses food to cope with my emotions. Now, what's the difference between that? One is you identifying as something. The other is you saying that you are a person who has this habit, who has this behaviour. Habits and behaviours can be changed. Your identity is a bit more difficult. I've always been an emotional eater. I've always been a binge eater. I've always been this, like that. Every time you say that, every time you think that, you just reinforce that. How 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 much more difficult is it going to be for you to change if you're constantly reinforcing the idea that I've always been an emotional eater? I've always been like this. Versus, I am someone who uses food to cope with my emotions, to, to distract myself from my emotions. When you start speaking about it as a behaviour, as something that you do, you can then look for alternative things to do. It's easier to replace something with something else than it is to reinvent yourself, to change your whole personality. This is one of the reasons that, like, it's November right now, fast approaching the festive season, fast approaching New Year, millions of people all over the world are going to try and reinvent themselves in the New Year. Because they feel like that's what they need. They feel like they need to join the gym. You know, it's not just, okay, with a few changes to the way I do things, I could be a relatively healthy person. It's, nope, I need to fucking reinvent myself. I need to cancel, restrict, and stop doing everything that I've been doing in 2023. And I need to recreate myself as a completely brand new person for 2024. I am going to, and then in comes this big dramatic list, I am going to stop eating crap. I'm going to stop eating sugar. No more junk food. No more process. I'm going to cook everything from scratch. I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to go to five classes a week and all this ridiculous shit. How long does it last? Till what? January the 13th? What is, there's a, there's a particular date where people are most likely to have given up and it's nothing to do with the date. It's because of the ridiculous amount of stuff that they try to change about themselves in one go and it's completely unnecessary. But this is why people feel they need to reinvent themselves because they've they've created, they've turned themselves into this monster. This monster who is all of these things that needs dramatic change rather than, do you know what, here's a habit I have. Let's work on replacing that with something a little more helpful. Awesome, job done. Let's move on to the next one. Anyway, fucking, I've totally lost the, <laughs> the train of this one now. So yeah, back to the Instagram bio. Your Instagram bio is how you present yourself to the world. And especially the people that tend to follow me, they tend to be private accounts. So the way that I look at it is if someone creates an Instagram account and they've got a glass of wine as a profile picture, they've got all this stuff in the profile about gin, wine, chocolate, junk food, regularly off plan, um, da, 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 da. but they have a private profile, then... When someone is making a decision to follow you or not, they are basing it on your opinion of yourself. They're basing it on how you wanted to present yourself to the world. Now, if you are a chocoholic junk junk food lover that drinks night wine four nights a week, but you're also trying to improve yourself and get healthier and blah, blah, blah. What type of person is that bio going to attract? So, like, are you actually trying to create a positive social media experience that's going to help you achieve your goals? Or are you just trying to surround yourself with like-minded individuals with similar habits to you? Because it will help you feel a bit better about the position that you're in and how stuck you are and how you keep going round in circles. 
So it's it's entirely up to you. It's entirely up to everyone how they want to present themselves to the world. That's not what I'm talking about. The thing that gets me down is when you see that someone, part of someone, wants to change, wants to get better and wants to improve, but they go about it the completely wrong way. Coming back to the food thing, like if you believe that like good and bad foods aren't a thing, and I always use this example, right? Lettuce, you would think lettuce was a healthy food. What would happen if you ate nothing but lettuce? You would die a long, slow and horrible death from malnutrition. So can we say that lettuce is a healthy food? Of course we can. Healthy foods and unhealthy foods don't exist. Good and bad foods do not exist. There are certainly healthy and unhealthy diets. For example, a diet comprised entirely of lettuce would be an unhealthy diet. But a diet that contains lettuce might be a healthy diet. If you are someone that, if you are indeed this chocoholic person, let's say you absolutely love chocolate and your plan to try and improve your health is to remove chocolate altogether. Do you think it's healthy to deprive yourself of a food that you really love for the rest of your life? Of course not ridiculous. So when, if you are on a journey to towards self-improvement, right, trying to improve all of these things, trying to get fitter, healthier, whatever it is you're trying to do, you're not going to get there by talking shit about yourself or talking shit about the food that you like. You will feel the way that you think about the foods that you eat. So for example, if you think that chocolate is bad, it's a bad food, it's junk, crap, rubbish, whatever. How are you going to feel when you eat that? You'll feel great while you're eating it. It'll taste wonderful. It'll be a great experience. But as soon as that taste disappears and you're left with an empty wrapper, how are you going to feel inside having just eaten something that you think is junk, crap, rubbish, shite, bad for you, unhealthy, and what other negative label you might attach to it? You're going to feel exactly what you think about that food. I said this in the, the episode a couple of weeks ago where I said that my son came home proud as punch one day, ready to tell me about all these healthy and unhealthy foods he'd been learning about. And then they went to the, you know, you put all the foods in the basket, right? Pizza goes in the unhealthy, bread goes in the unhealthy, burgers go in the unhealthy. And then off they go to the canteen to eat bread, burgers and pizza. So ridiculously confusing. Like, imagine teaching kids about unhealthy foods, then going and feeding them these allegedly unhealthy foods in the canteen. It's very confusing. And as adults, we talk crap about the food that we eat, mostly to try and control our eating around it, to try and control our behaviours. You know, the reason that you try and, oh, I've eaten so much shit this weekend. Look at that. I'm such a pig. I'm so greedy. I'm never, you know, you, you speak about yourself like that. And you speak about your choices like that in an effort to make them sound so terrible that you won't want to do them again. And the more that you do this, the more of a monster you make yourself out to be and the more terrible you make out the foods that you enjoy eating out to be. So that the next time it happens and the next time and the next time you start to feel worse and worse and worse and then you get to a point where you start to feel so bad that you binge on these foods all weekend or it starts on a Friday and you start again on a, a Monday morning. Language is everything. If you are trying to improve your diet, improve yourself, change in any way, trying to move closer to a life free from dieting, the thing that I spend most of my time working on with the guys inside my group is not their eating, 
It's not teaching them how to eat. That's certainly a part of it, but it's not where we spend the most time. I spend the most time helping them with their mindset. And that all begins with language, how they think and how they speak and how they describe themselves and the things that they eat, drink and do. That's the start point. Not, you know, what's the best food I should be eating for this? It's, you know, what's the best thoughts I should be thinking? First of all, then you can start working on the food stuff. But certainly, if you've got one of these Instagram accounts where you're doing nothing but poke fun at yourself and talk shit about yourself, like I understand that you think it's funny and it's a joke, but at the same time, it's also a reflection of what you truly think about yourself. It is entirely up to you and anyone else what they want to put in their Instagram bios. All I would say is that if you are trying to improve yourself, it might be best to create an Instagram bio around the improvements that you're trying to make rather than the past that you're trying to get away from or that you're trying to change. Because it could, you know, it could be that one thing that's keeping you stuck. Anyway, hope that's been helpful. That's enough yakking from me from one day. Until next time. <laughs>